Gardening on the Pat Kenny Show. With the Husqvarna Automower. Keep your lawn looking pristine from the comfort of your own home. See Husqvarna.ie. Parik Harkin, how are you? Good morning, Anton. What a beautiful day. Isn't it just, and fingers crossed it'll stay that way for the weekend. As always, we are neck deep in questions for you. But before we jump into them, tips for if we want a nice shock of colour in the spring, what should we be thinking now? Well, it's hard to believe it. I walked my own garden centre this morning, Anton, and all the spring flowering bulbs are in already. So the daffodils, snowdrops, crocuses. I mean, that's typical gardening. Gardening is all about the you know forward planning, the sowing and reaping principles. So what we sow now, we reap in late winter and springtime. So we're coming into that season as we slip into September for the planting of winter and spring flowering bulbs. So all your favourites, the beautiful snowdrops, the crocuses, the dwarf daffodils, the bluebells, they're all planted over the next five to six weeks in pots, containers, or indeed out in your garden soil to give you that splash of colour next spring. But there's plenty of good autumn flowering plants as well, like beautiful autumn heathers that are coming into flower at the moment, or my own favourite plant, the anemones, which are just beginning to bloom now and will flower right through to the end of November. So lots of colour to look forward to. And if you are planting the spring bulbs, so the crocuses, snowdrops, staffs, all yeah. the rest of it, is there any particular uh, light arrangement? Do you need them to be in what will be shade or what will be sun or does it not matter? Well, some some bulbs work really well in shaded areas. So I'm thinking of snowdrops. Typically, they're planted maybe in, in broad-leaved woodland areas under maybe beech trees or oak trees that are come into leaf late in the season. So the flowers are there and the light can get through to them. Um, anemones, woodland anemones do really well and bluebells do really well in shaded areas. And then, of course, we've got bulbs for bright light. So our, you know all the daffodils really love the brightness. Tulips do really well in full light. Um, crocuses like brilliant on your lawn or in a grass area, you know. So it depends really where you're planting, but there's a bulb for every location and for a- every aspect. So, you know, if people have, for example, wildflower, wildflower flowers trended really well for the last couple of years, but they tend to flower June through to September. So if you, in that area, if you plant some spring flowering bulbs, you're going to have colour from January right through to June and then the wildflowers come into flower from that period on. So bulbs are terrific to give that early splash of colour. Let me bring you some of the buckets of uh, texts that have uh, come in. One saying, uh, I planted tomatoes in June from seed. I have uh, off, I have loads of plants, but still no tomatoes. I water twice a day. They have sun in the evening, but not much in the morning. What can I do? Okay, so look, first of all, we're overwatering. Twice a day is not necessary. Um, Tomatoes, like, first of all, the listener has sown the seed very late. So June sowing is quite late in the season. Ideally, tomato seed should be sown back in February and early March to give you fruit at this time of year. So it's late in the season. Having said that, it's not too late for them to flower and to produce some fruit for you because tomatoes will tend to carry their fruit right up until late October. So continue to water, cut back the watering a little bit, maybe water once every three days, so twice or three times a week and liquid feed once a week with a good tomato feed and keep them in a bright location. And fingers crossed, you should get some fruit late in late autumn. Uh, a, a brief personal one, Park. If you overdo um, the amount of feed that you give a tomato, is it possible to almost instantly murder? Yes. Okay. So overfeeding. If, if, <laughs> if you that. feed, if you if you and you know we're always great gardeners for for putting an extra bit of feed in, an extra cup full of feed, but the salts. 
in, in lots of our liquid feeds. And if you overdo it, certainly you can scorch the plant and, and do some damage with them. So stick to the manufacturer's recommendations. Now you tell me. Uh, a text saying, I recently read that the beautiful monk's hood is poisonous. I have two in my garden. Should I remove them? And how best should I do it and dispose of it? Well, monk's hood is a poisonous plant. So it's a, a plant called Aconitum is its Latin name. And all parts of, of monk's hood are poisonous, particularly the seeds, the flowers and the seeds in particular, and particularly the roots of monk's hood. Now, having said that, you know, foxgloves are, are poisonous as well, Anton, but, you know, we, we admire the foxgloves in, in nature and also in our gardens. So it depends if you've got young children, certainly you, you should consider um, maybe removing them. Uh, but if you're gardening on your own, when you're gardening, certainly with monk's hood, you should always wear gloves when you're pruning it back and tidying it back. So it really depends where the, the the risk, I suppose, of poisoning. And if there are young children, then I'd certainly recommend removing monk's hood from the garden. Advice, please, for moving an acer tree to a new garden. It's around 50 years of age. It's one and a half metres high by two metres across. At what stage of flowering is safe to move? It's in full leaf now. What type of soil should be in pre-transplanting? And what location and orientation is good? And the texter adds, it survived a relocation when it was five. Yeah, and look, it, it, acers will generally, so acers are the maples, often Japanese maples or the larger maples, some of the Norway maples. They're all in this acer family, mainly grown for their foliage. They do flower, but they're mainly grown for their for their leaf colour. Now, a 50-year-old tree um, is certainly one that I would get a specialist arboriculturalist in to advise you because the tree will need some pruning. And also the lifting will need to be done properly for that tree to succeed. A five-year-old tree to transplant is far more successful. A 50-year-old, obviously, you're dealing with a very senior and older tree. So the time for moving is any time from the middle of November right through to March. But the tree will have to be prepared in advance. So it's a 50-year-old plant. I would I would advise getting an arboriculturist in and get some advice on it. You were recommending bulbs earlier on for yes. spring and Anya from Galway has been in touch to say rats were feasting on my tulip bulbs this year so I dug them all up. Any way to deter these nocturnal feasters? Plant them deeper. So plant so tulips in particular, Anton, generally speaking for most bulbs, we plant them about twice their own height. So if you have a tulip bulb, it's generally about two inches. You're planting it four to five inches into the soil. My advice is to actually plant them a little bit deeper. So go down eight to nine inches, plant them into the soil. The rodents won't get certainly at them. And also the, the bulbs will actually do a whole lot better. So tulips are better planted that little bit deeper. You can also put a bit of netting over them. So once you plant them, apply put some very fine netting over them the bulbs the shoots will come through the netting but obviously birds or rodents won't be able to get at them another one to five three one oh six i planted ivy along a wall it seems to be growing is there anything in particular i need to do to help it climb well, ivies are self-clinging. That's the great thing about ivies. So they actually have aerial roots, which literally suck onto the structure. Now, as juvenile plants, you want to encourage that. So normally a couple of electrician clips, the little clips we use for cables, you tack on, tack the stems so that the stem is actually feed, feeling the wall. That's important. And once it gets a feel of the wall, so the wind isn't rocking it, the ivy will actually latch onto the wall and carry itself up, up along the wall. So once that initial clipping is done with the cable clips, there's no need to, to, uh, to give them any more support.
support. They'll actually use the wall and root onto the wall. Another key tip with ivy, particularly next spring, as it starts to grow on the wall, pinch it back, which means removing the shoots, the top shoots, to get it to fill in. Otherwise, it'll be tall and leggy and quite gappy. What's your recommendation in in terms of ivy and the damage that it can do? Because I've heard a lot of people say that you're unwise to put it on walls because it can work its way into the mortar and bust apart the block. It will only do that. So I have ivy. I have a lovely variety of ivy on my own uh, garden garage, a large garage, a concrete garage for probably 30 years now. And it's a variety called Gold Child. It's got beautiful, variegated leaves, relatively slow growing, but it covers the wall completely. It saves the job of of painting. Ivy will only become a problem, Anton, if you've got cracks and if if the building is actually structurally damaged itself. Now, you have to watch it going under Evron's, so I generally clip mine every three to four years. But apart from that, it's a surface rooting. And if anything, it keeps the walls really, really dry. And in my my case, the birds come in to nest in it in early, early spring. So I'll have about a dozen or maybe 15 families of birds literally nesting in the ivy, but it causes no structural damage to the building whatsoever. I just keep it trimmed and neat uh, every couple of years and it's perfectly fine. Quick one before you go, text asking, magnolia gone too big, can it be pruned safely? Yeah, now the only thing, if you prune magnolias at this time of year, you you lose the flowering for next year. And all of the spring flowering plants like magnolias, rhododendrons, azaleas, they're producing their flower buds at this time of year to come into bloom next spring. So if you, the answer is yes, you can prune it to bring back the height, but you will forsake the flowers for next spring. If you want, you can leave it alone, let it flower next spring and then prune it back. So around the end of May, as the flowers start to fade on magnolias, trim it back at that stage and um, you'll get the best of both worlds. You'll reduce the height and it'll come into flowering the following spring. Porik, thank you so much. That is Porik Corkin. And as always, more questions than we could ever possibly get to, but we'll gather them up and try to get them the next time he's on. A reminder, our items from today are uploaded as podcast. You can listen back in the News Talk app, powered by GoLed. You just search for The Pat Kenny Show.